So if a guy's going to make world-class silage, the first thing he has to do is he has to have a hybrid on his farm that is bred and developed and selected for milk-making potential. Yes. Okay? That's first and foremost. Second thing is, is he needs to take that hybrid and he needs to manage it correctly. There are some management practices that, that we have to do so that we can maximize healthy plants. Healthy plants per acre is the absolute goal of the guy after he puts it in the ground. That's right. Okay. You know, so, so he says, okay, I've, 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 he's, he's worked with his dealer. He's worked with us and said, okay, we know that these plants have the potential for, for milk making. We know that there is, that these are MPG, uh, milk potential genetics. We know this. Okay. Um, and, and then now when he gets it on the farm, his next job is to make sure that he, that he manages that. One of those things starts out with planting population. Yes. Okay. Now, we are we are in an era where where actually I even heard this week that a guy said, "Oh yeah, I plant I plant forty forty two thousand plants an acre so that I can maximize um, uh, high quality silage that I can make higher quality silage." High populations do not equate uh, equate equate to high quality silage. High populations do not equate to that. Now. We know that, that as you increased planting population, that you can, depending on weather conditions, and probably more times than not, you can increase yield, okay? You can qualify that a little bit by saying that there is a lot of difference in, in, in hybrids' ability to flex. Yes. And not many of the hybrids available to a farm today in any part of the country have much flex at all. Right. They're almost all what the industry called fixed or determinate. And, and every now and then you find a, a hybrid that's listed in somebody's seed guide as semi-flex. But, but this idea of a hybrid's ability to flex based off of, off of density in the, in the field is, is, is virtually lost these days. Yes. And so when, when you're looking at 99% of the corn that's out there in the country today, increasing population on corn hybrids that don't flex, they were bred for high pops. Yes. They were yes. bred to be there. But, but the corn that you researched, the corn that, that you and, and Kevin and Cullen and Kyle and, and your team work together to produce are more flex yes. type corn yes, hybrids. Yes. And you do that for a very specific reason. We, we do. We do. We, we do it for a very specific reason because we want, to, we want to back down those populations, maintain the yield. So when we talk about flex, you, you, think, about, you think about something increasing in size. So we want to increase the size of the plant. We want to increase the size of the ear. And, and so... And so if we cram too many of those plants together, we don't give it the ability, we don't give the plant the ability to do that. We don't give the, the, the plant the ability to expand. Most corn plants that are out there in a seed bag today don't have that ability. Right. But with your corn with, that with does ours. have the ability to flex, you would limit that ability. 
Okay, yes. now there's specific reasons why you'd want to, you, you mentioned I want, I want to maximize the number of, of big, hardy, healthy corn plants. There's a good reason why, other than just the genetics that go into that, that plant having better fiber digestibility and better grain digestibility, there's another reason why you want to, why you want to limit the density of that plant in the field, correct? Yes, and, and, that, and that is, that is to, to allow that plant to express that, that um, genetic potential for those. For for the for the for the high um, quality aspects, fiber digestibility, starch digestibility, starch as a percentage of dry matter. You want the plant to be able to flex that and and, and express that. If I don't give it the opportunity to do that, th then it then it doesn't happen. If I cram it in there with other plants, it's fighting that other plant. Yeah. It's spending it's spending energy fighting that other plant. To get up, to get the sunlight, so that it can, so so that it can be the, you know, the plant's sole purpose, a corn plant's sole purpose, is to is to get up and put on an ear so that it can reproduce. That's that's what it that's that's the way that those that, that God created those is 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 it has in its mind at the end of the day. I need to I need to reproduce myself. I need to put on I need to do this. I need to put on an ear. I need to put on grain. I need to make sure that that's pollinated so that so that it it can be. I mean that's the that's the way that it is. That's why when we see droughted corn that stands about this tall and still has an ear on it because that plant has taken everything it's done it, all the energy potential that it has to just to just go on and put in that ear so that it can so that it can reproduce. If I if I stress that plant by by cramming it too close to other plants, too dense. Too dense. It's got too, if it's too close and too dense, it it doesn't have it doesn't have the ability to um, to photosynthesize as much sugar. It doesn't have the, it doesn't have the ability to lay out there and and make a good healthy plant, a good a good thick stalk or good a, a good. A, Flex stock with with lots of good digestible material in the middle is going to have better fiber digestibility than a stock that's as big around as my finger. Okay, that's all it's done is put on structural material so that it can get up and beat the one next to it up to the sunlight. And so when we cram plants together, we dramatically reduce the fiber digestibility of those plants. So not only does the genetic base, the genetics of that plant, which was designed for higher fiber digestibility, but by, by allowing that stalk to flex yes. and, and, and getting bigger, then we don't have to lay as hard a material in it, or God didn't have to, 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 to put so much hard material in that to keep it upright. Exactly. And so that hard material is what is the undigestible portion. Right. So we have more of the digestible side of that when we allow that stalk to flex out. Exactly. Same way with the grain and the kernel? Same, same, way, same way with the, with the ear. Maybe, maybe, well, and, and there is that, there is that, that if I do stress that plant and I make a smaller ear, I'm obviously going to have smaller kernels and there's going to be less of that digestible material in those kernels. Popcorn. Popcorn. Yeah, exactly. You know, I got smaller kernels. There's more of that hard vitreous stuff that, um, and, and that it feels like it has to protect because it has to, it feels like it has to protect that seed so that, so that it can, um, you know, so that, so that it can it can go on and um, you know and, and grow for the next year, so to speak. So it can so it can be uh, viable. So it lay it lays on more of that hard prolamin vitreous material with a, with a, with a smaller seed. 
How hard has it been for your team to convince people to back down populations when everybody in the industry is saying to increase? So, you know, it's really kind of interesting because there's a, it's, it hasn't been hard to, to convince the guy who has been farming for 10, 15, 20 years and, um, and, and sees the difference. It hasn't been hard to convince him who, who the guy who's also, the guy who's, who's raising the corn and feeding the cow. Yeah. It's, it's not hard to convince him at all. I mean, he, he, he gets it. He, he understands that. <clears throat> A lot of the times the guys that are hard to convince are the guys who are only, only chasing tonnage. You know, that, that's the guy that's hard to con- convince, you know, because he's only t- chasing tonnage. And, and so... And he's scared to death. And he's, sca- he's scared to death that he's going to lose tons. You're telling him he's not going to lose tons, but... It- exactly, exactly. You know, as a matter of fact, that's very interesting because we've done several... We've, we've kind of run this test several times for large farms where they have several growers out that grow for them. And, and what, the, what the growers are looking for is a magic number, yeah. you know, that they can use a multiplier, if you will, so that we can go out and we can have, the, we can have our agronomist, we can have the uh, crop insurance guy, somebody go out and give us an estimate of what the grain yield is out there. And let's say that this, this particular field is 200 bushel corn. So what's my multiplier to, to equate that to silage yield? Yeah. Well, with the, with, the, with the corn hybrids that are on the market today, they're pretty... They're pretty empty. They're pretty pithy. Those stalks are small, and they don't weigh very much. The corn that you're talking about has got a bigger stalk. It's got a lot more density, carries a lot more of those yep. carbohydrate sugars in the base yep. of those bigger stalks than what the little, little, little stalks do, and they yield considerably more in terms of tonnage. Right, right, exactly. Now, in, in, in terms of loads... You know, loads may not be all that much different because we're hauling in, you know, so many, so many semi loads, and and but that but that corn is very soft, very it's hard to pack. You know, I mean, it's it's very spongy. But the corn that you're talking about has got a lot of a lot of dense material in the stalk, weighs heavy, dense but digestible material. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. so yeah, so we need to make sure that we make that. This is dense material, dense but digestible material. Yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly, and you're right, and, and it goes in, and um, and so and it goes goes in there, and we're gonna we're gonna get to we're gonna get to storage here in a minute, okay? I, I was starting to lead in. I that. know, I know you were, but you skipped harvest. But there's one more thing about management that I just want to I, I just want to add here, and that is, I, I think that every farmer needs to look at a fungicide program. Okay, okay? if we're gonna maximize healthy plants, okay. I mean, you know, two years ago, we had southern rust move up further north than we ever had. I, I think, you know, the, the longer that I can keep that plant healthy. Now, I'm not saying, I'm just saying he needs to work with, with, his, with his crop advisor, you know, I, but I think that everybody needs to be at least thinking about this, okay? I don't sell fungicide. Master's Choice doesn't sell fungicide. We don't produce fungicide. But, but if I'm, if I'm going to talk to a guy about, about managing his silage acres appropriately, I at least want him to be thinking about that. Is this a defensive move on your part? Is your corn more susceptible to to disease pressure? No, 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 this doesn't have to do with my corn. This would be anybody's corn. Yeah. This is anybody's corn. If, If the goal here is to maximize healthy plants per acre, then I need, I need to be figuring out how do I make that? Yeah. How do, how do I keep these and make these plants healthy? You know, some guys, they need to look at foliar feeding. They need to, you know, we need to look at soil health. 
I, but I, I think the easiest next step is let's just look at a fungicide program. Not, not, not just for master's choice, yeah. for anybody who wants, to make, who wants to make high quality silage. Good. Okay? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> fungicide is cheap. Fungicide, you know, people understand that. You know, I, I get it. And, and so, so I am not saying that, in fact, there, so, it, so here, here, is, here is why I say this. If I look at our lineup, the plants that are, are the healthiest are, have, the, have the best fiber digestibility. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so why would I not try to give all of those plants the best, um, you know, the best ability, protection, you know, the best advantage to be able to stay healthy. The that, best, that, that's the best all. potential. Yeah, the best potential to stay healthy. Creating so, that world-class silage <laughs> is taking advantage of everything. Take, at, taking advantage of everything. And, I, and like I said, it's not because, it's not because in fact, my Master's Choice lineup overall is a really healthy lineup because it has, it has that genetic potential. And what we found is a link to those plants that are the healthiest are the ones that are the best. So let's just let's just add a little bit to it for not a whole lot of money to make sure that we that we're protecting those. I, I hear you loud and clear. So as we're finishing up, we're talking about a, a lot of us out there are planting on 30 inch rows. There's yes. more of us all the okay, time that are question. planting yeah. on that are planting on that are planting on twins or splits. And it's all about density in the field. Would you yep, not agree? I would. That, if, that a population that we recommend on, on the low side is referring more to a 30-inch row. And if we have a population rec of spread of, let's say, of 26,000 to 32,000 yes. on a particular hybrid, okay. that that 26,000 would apply more to a 30-inch row guy and the 32,000 would apply more to a 20-inch row guy? Well, it, it, and that's one of those things that it would depend that I would definitely the twenty the twenty inch row guy. Yes, you can increase you can increase your population. You're getting the plants apart. You're a getting the bit plants more. apart, but not dramatically. There are some guys that on thirty inch rows have great soil, great management, and they can they can bounce that to thirty two, thirty four thousand plants per acre. There's you know no doubt, and still have and still have plenty out there. I was in um, I was in Idaho a few weeks ago. And and we were looking at it, and um, and and they were on a pivot, high management, good soil, you know, good organic matter, and and they were at um, they were at thirty four, thirty six thousand population, and when I walked in the field, I didn't know that, and these plants looked beautiful, and I had to ask, you know, what what planting population are you? There were even there were even some some half filled double ears on a lot of these plants. And I thought, man, I thought they must have backed this population down way low. But it was just such good management that a, that, a, that a guy could do that. Very interesting point. So what you're saying is if you've got high organic matter, if you've got high CECs, uh, let's say maybe a, 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 a field after an alfalfa, uh, alfalfa rotation, plow. yes, uh, yeah. where we've got pretty pretty loose soil, and we can move nutrients through the ground that we can we can bounce that population yes. up a little bit. But if we're more corn on corn, or if we're uh, tighter soil, the CEC's lower, lower, lower. We better back down. Better to that back lower down end. so that you can so that you can main, maintain and, in, and increase silage quality for sure. Got got a call here just the other day from a from a producer who who through some stress-related incidents wound up with population in the 21, 22,000 range and couldn't, couldn't make a decision whether to leave it or, or to try to replant. It was getting a little late, so he left the corn. And he said he was his first year to try us. And uh, he said he had other 
other corn hybrids out yes. there that were planted a little differently, weren't subjected to the same pressures, and, and their population, their final pops in the field were much higher than ours, you know, much more normal, yeah. up in the 30s, pushing yeah. 40. And he said, I was extremely disappointed. I really wanted to try your corn. And it was making excuses, you know, during the summer as to, you know, as to, um, um, you know, whether he was, he probably needed to try master's choice again, but this certainly wasn't going to be a very good year. And so he harvested that corn at the 21, 22,000, and it was the highest yielding corn that he had. Yeah. You know, even, even higher than any of the competitions, you know, Right, 30, 35, 36, 38,000 plant pops. Exactly. Because exactly. of flex. Be, because, because of the flex there. Good, good, good. And you would say yeah. that he would have excellent quality. He should, he should, have, he should have some of the best quality Super he's ever Bowl seen. type quality. World class quality. World class silage. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we, we've, walked through, we've walked through the fact that if, if you're going to have world class Super Bowl quality silage, you you need you need to have you need to have plants that are bred and developed for for uh, milk production genetics. Okay, mm -hmm. you need to have good management and understand that you that you're going to manage this corn a little differently. Mm -hmm. Okay, but then but then when we look at harvests, we've got to make sure that we that we are are harvesting this at the right time in the right way with all the things there, uh, with all the with all the eyes dotted and the T's crossed. So that we're making sure that that we don't we that we haven't spent all of this time and all of this effort producing high quality corn silage in the field and then and then just mess it up by not by harvesting it wrong. Okay. Well, well let's just let's harvest timing. To me, is one of the most critical things Absolutely. that we that we've got to worry about. You know, what's what's the moisture content of that silage, and and it's interesting that we get into this because. Many of your competitors, many, many of your competition have accused you that, that, that they're just as good as Master's Choice. It's just that you're comparing them at a, lower, at a, at a higher moisture content, you know, and the digestibility of the starch is, is ranking a little higher because you're harvesting wetter. And, yeah. and, and there is no truth to that. No. So, but harvest moisture, what we want to say today, is one of the more critical parts of, of bringing in that world-class silage yeah. because we want to, number one, make sure that the corn has had a chance to develop physically, that yes. physiologically that, that that plant is mature enough because we do want to maximize the starch capabilities of that yep. plant in the field. Yes. You know, if we get planted late and we and we had a very short heat unit season and that plant doesn't get a chance to develop, we know what that's like. You know, we have low starch, but when we've got the opportunity to have enough heat for that corn to develop, we want to give it plenty of chance to do that. In fact, we want to select genetics that are going to yep. that are going to give us that best opportunity yep. to get enough heat during the course of the growing season that we've got that we're harvesting corn with that that's that's more mature in the field, but not past the point of of losing of, of losing digestibility because it's too mature Be because it's too mature. So so we want to make sure that we're harvesting corn silage between um, thirty five and thirty two percent dry matter between sixty eight percent moisture and sixty five percent moisture. I agree. That's where we want to be. Now, we get any we get any wetter than sixty eight percent moisture. That's where we're losing the amount of starch Correct. in there. We get any we get any drier, okay, than than uh, sixty five percent moisture. We get any 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 drier than that, then then we begin to lose fiber digestibility and starch digestibility. Absolutely. Now we may increase the amount of starch, but we're going to lose the digestibility of those things. Okay, 
And um, and so one of the things with, with Flex Genetics uh, and, and Master's Choice Genetics with Flex Ears, we got a lot of starch there. So we, we don't have to let that stuff dry down so that we make sure that we got a lot of starch there. We, we, can, we can take it in that, in that, in that 32 to um, 35% dry matter, and we, we have got, that is where we are going to find the sweet spot for, um, for high-quality silage, okay? That, that, is, that is exactly there. Now, this is what frustrates me, is the guy's going to drive down the road and he's going to look at his corn silage and say, what? That looks, looks like it's going to be ready in about a week. How do you even know that, right? The, why, why not? I mean, you, you think about it. Why not spend $25 and send off a forage sample to see where you're at on your moisture? Yeah. Why, I mean, what's the, what's the big deal about that? You know, I mean, I mean we, can, we, can, we can pull ears. We can break them. We can look for milk line. You know, I, I, I like to, to, make, to really start looking at harvest, you know, when we've got, when we've got a, a, a milk line in that corn kernel that's about 50%, maybe just a little less than 50%, you know, but, but not a whole lot. But when it gets to 50%, we need to start checking. We need to start sending off a silage sample. Send off a silage sample, check for moisture, it's $25. You get it back in two days. I mean, this is a no-brainer. I've spent, I've spent a lot of money out here you know, um, making sure that I've got this corn crop, but I'm going to spend $25 to get it tested just to see, see where I'm at on moisture, to see when it's the right time to harvest. That's ridiculous. Harvest, harvest management also includes being able to get over that and get it harvested at the, mm -hmm. once we determine mm -hmm. the right moisture, that we can get over the ground and harvest it at that peak moisture content. So part of part of harvest management started with planting management, so that we that if we that yeah. if we need to spread out a harvest window, we have done that. If we've got custom machinery coming through the country and it's going to do that, that we've got it at the right time, but that we've worked together with the other folks that are in the area that are going to Definitely. use the same harvesters. You know that 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 we that we wind up with that guy when we need him. And, and, and we need to rethink a little bit about where we're willing to invest and not invest in the, on the farm because that, that is an extremely critical time and big swing, swings in terms of profitability. You know, we talked about milk per ton. You know, and that was one of the one of the in indicators that Jeremy and I used when yeah, we were and, selecting. And it's still industry language, and it's still a a a great starting place when we're looking at silage quality. Oh, overall, it's the it's the industry measurement that it's the it's the key industry measurement. Milk per milk per ton is 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 old. It, your words archaic, and I agree with that. Uh, and and your system is is much better. But in terms of milk per ton, did you know that? that the average milk per ton on three labs that I looked at is about 3,200 pounds yeah. of milk per ton on corn silage, yeah. okay? With the moisture, we can change that number 100 to 200. Yeah. Did you yeah. know that with, 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 with genetics, we can change that number three to 400 right. pounds of right. milk per ton? Right. When we start adding all these things up, we can take an average milk per ton. And there's folks out there that don't, you know, if average number 3,200 yeah. pounds of milk per ton, there's some good producers out there that are balancing some poor producers. Yep. There's guys out there making 28, 2,900 pounds of milk per ton, yep. you know, and doing a lot of things that they could improve upon. But at 3,200 pounds of milk per ton, if you increase that number by 70 to get up to 3,270 with $15 milk, you'd pay for all of your seed costs. Yeah. You know, we get, we get all hung up on, on, 
on a lot of things. One of the main things that we get hung up on is, ironically, how much does a bag of seed cost? How much is yeah. a unit of seed? Yeah. And what we need to get hung up on is how do I take this 3,200 pounds of milk per ton up to 3,700 pounds of milk per ton, and then I'd be eligible to turn in a sample to win a prize at Dairy Expo there you go. for world-class silage. Uh, absolutely. And, and not only that, but then I would be eligible for better profitability on my farm. It, you're, you're talking about, you're talking about hundreds of dollars yep. an acre, yep. you know, exactly. by moving that bar up just two or 300 pounds. I agree. You I know? Agree. So, so we're harvesting. We're, we, we, we've looked at it. We've sent off some silage samples. We've got good harvest moisture. We're, okay. we're perfect. And we went out yep. there and we blitzed the crop. So, we got it all in at well, that harvest moisture. We didn't well, let it get so dry well, on the how, tail where, end. Where, how did that, we harvest it? Did we high chop it or did we low chop it? Well, with your corn, you've told me all along and I've, and I've done this all, all along. We harvest low. Yes. We want to bring in now, those. Now, but we got it. We, I think we need to define low, and maybe we may we may differ here a little bit. Th this to me would be would be would be low chop. If there's no stones in the field, I'm down here. See, I, I just I, and I and I get that. I, I don't think, want ash in the. I don't want ash I, in the silage. Yes, but yeah. So I'm I'm you know. I got that. I got that thing on the ground. Chop, low chop for some people though is 16, 18 inches. Cut 18 inches one time off. Of, we we went in and we and we left a, left an eight inch. We we figured we needed an eight inch stubble in the field that yep. we were in. Went in and took the and 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 this farmer had he was high chopping and he had 18 inches above eight inches. Yep. Okay, needed to leave eight inches because he needed to get over the stones that was in the field. The next 18 inches, which is what he left, we took in and that. 18 inches of corn that he left out in the field was four averaged with with the population final pop that was out there averaged about four tons an acre and we sent the silage sample in and you know what it wasn't it didn't have any starch so it wasn't as good as a it wasn't yeah. bad yeah wasn't no, bad no no it, but so here, here's what's the interesting thing to me why four do tons guys, an acre why do guys high chop to increase the quality of their corn silage yes they high chop to increase the quality of their corn silage. I know that a hybrid that has the potential to flex, when I harvest it at six to eight inches off the ground, okay, I, I know that because I have backed down that population and I have given that plant all it needs and I have managed it right, it has better quality than if, than if I were to go to a standard field. That's, that's you're very right the there. The standard field where a guy's like, well, I gotta get better quality, so I'm gonna go ahead and high chop. It's got better quality. Why not back down your populations a little bit, like we talked about earlier? If you're gonna, if you know that you're gonna high chop, back down your back down your your populations a little bit. Come in, you know, chop that at at at, at eight inches off the ground. You're gonna have more tons than if you than if you left it, okay? And you're gonna have better quality. And, and so so this this high, you know. One of the things that frustrates me the most is somebody will go run some some industry persons <laughs> will go in and they'll run tests on their on their junky grain genetics that have been bred and developed for grain hybrids and they'll go run these tests and say oh guys if you want better quality you got a high chop don't be don't be low chopping no if you plant that crap don't be low chopping that crap you know what yeah, i mean yeah. don't, you know because because you're 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 you're, you're you're almost comparing apples to oranges. Oh yeah. 
You're almost comparing two different things. And man, they get all upset. Well, look at all these tests I run. And look at all these letters behind my name. And I know so much. And I've ran so much. And look at all this data. And you say, what genetics did you use? Well, it's what those guys gave me to use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you need to be talking to your plant breeder about what genetics you need. Yeah. You need to be yeah, talking yes. to that cow about what genetics <laughs> exactly. she needs. But, 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 you know, yes, when you test those genetics that have been bred and developed for grain hybrids, yeah, you've got to do some of this stuff to make, maximize your quality. True. When you start with genetics that have been, that have been tested and, and, and tested and, 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 and looked at and said, these are, these are genetics that, we, that are producing high-quality corn silage. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have to do all of these things. And, and and to to make sure that your corn silage is as good as as as, as mine, and you know, and another thing, you know, if, if if we can if if we can move just a little bit from there is when you bring in all of that that healthy plant with that yes. density in that stalk, you're bringing in a you're bringing in a lot of material that that will ferment silage very quickly. Now, I know we're not talking about storage yet, yeah. but the, the reason I to bring that up is that a lot of guys want to chop their corn silage as fine as sawdust and because they're, they're, they're struggling with fermentation. And so they can't get any length of chop, they can't get the effective fiber that their nutritionist is looking for by lengthening that chop out a little bit because there's no plant sugar in, in those. In that, yep. When they pull that cutter bar up to here, yeah. there's nothing in there but some grain and, and some leaf. Right. You know, and so that's not gonna that's not gonna encourage fermentation. The material that you've got in that stalk is and, and those plant sugars are gonna allow for a lot quicker fermentation and you can lengthen your chop then, bring a little more effective fiber back into the into the ration and, and yep. be in, and, and able to take advantage of, of, of starch and and a little more corn silage in the diet absolutely so so we, we've walked through we've walked through the fact that if, if you're gonna have world-class Super Bowl quality silage you you need you need to have you need to have plants that are bred and developed for for uh, milk production genetics okay mm -hmm. You need to have good management and understand that you that you're going to manage this corn a little differently, mm -hmm. okay? But then, but then when we look at harvest, we've got to make sure that we that we are are harvesting this at the right time in the right way with all the things there, uh, with all the with all the I's dotted and the T's crossed, so that we're making sure that that we don't we that we haven't spent all of this time and all of this effort producing high quality corn silage in the field and then and then just mess it up by not by harvesting it wrong okay well, well let's just harvest timing to me is one of the most critical things Absolutely. that we that we've got to worry about you know what's what's the moisture content of that silage and and it's interesting that we get into this because many of your competitors, many, many of your competition have accused you that, that, that they're just as good as master's choice. It's just that you're comparing them at a lower, at a, at a higher moisture content, you know, and, and the digestibility of the starch is, is ranking a little higher because you're harvesting wetter. And, yeah. and, and there is no truth to that. No. So, but harvest moisture, what we want to say today, is one of the more critical parts of, of bringing in that world-class silage yeah. because we want to, number one, make sure that the corn has had a chance to develop physically, that yes. physiologically that, that that plant is mature enough because we do want to maximize the starch 
capabilities of that yep. plant in the field. Yes. You know, if we get planted late and we and we a very short heat unit season and that plant doesn't get a chance to develop, we know what that's like. You know, we have low starch, but when we've got the opportunity to have enough heat for that corn to develop, we want to give it plenty of chance to do that. In fact, we want to select genetics that are going to yep. that are going to give us that best opportunity yep. to get enough heat during the course of the growing season that we've got that we're harvesting corn with that that's that's more mature in the field, but not past the point of of losing of, of losing digestibility because it's too mature because it's too mature. So so we want to make sure that we're harvesting corn silage between um, 35 and 32 percent dry matter, between 68 percent moisture and 65 percent moisture. I agree. That's where we want to be. Now, we get any we get any wetter than 68 percent moisture. That's where we're losing the amount of starch Correct. in there. We get any we get any drier, okay, than than uh, sixty five percent moisture. We get any 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 drier than that, then then we begin to lose fiber digestibility and starch digestibility. Absolutely. Now we may increase the amount of starch, but we're going to lose the digestibility of those things. Okay. And, um, and so one of the things with, with Flex Genetics uh, and, and Master's Choice Genetics with Flex Ears, we got a lot of starch there. So we, we don't have to let that stuff dry down so that we make sure that we got a lot of starch there. We, we, can, we can take it in that, in that, in that 32 to um, 35% dry matter, and we, we have got, that is where we are going to find the sweet spot for, um, for high-quality silage, okay? That, that, is, that is exactly there. Now, this is what frustrates me. Is the guy's gonna drive down the road and he's gonna look at his corn silage and say, "What? That looks looks like it's gonna be ready in about a week." How do you even know that, right? That, why why not? I mean, you, you think about it. Why not spend twenty five dollars and send off a forage sample to see where you're at on your moisture? Yeah. Why, I mean, what's the what's the big deal about that? You know, I mean, I mean, we can we can. We can pull ears, we can break them, we can look for milk line. You know, I I, I like to to make to really start looking at harvest. You know, when we've got when we've got a, a a milk line in that corn kernel that's about fifty percent, maybe just a little less than fifty percent. You know, but but not a whole lot. But when it gets to fifty percent, we need to start checking. We need to start sending off a silage sample. Send off a silage sample, check for moisture. It's twenty five dollars. You get it back in two days. I mean, this is a no brainer. I've spent. I've spent a lot of money out here, you know, um, making sure that I've got this corn crop, but I'm going to spend $25 to get it tested just to see, see where I'm at on moisture, to see when it's the right time to harvest. That's ridiculous. Harvest, harvest management also includes being able to get over that and get it harvested at the, mm -hmm. once we determine mm -hmm. the right moisture, that we can get over the ground and harvest it at that peak moisture content. So part of part of harvest management started with planting management, so that we that if we that yeah. if we need to spread out a harvest window, we have done that. If we've got custom machinery coming through the country and it's going to do that, that we've got it at the right time, but that we've worked together with the other folks that are in the area that are going to Definitely. use the same harvesters. You know that 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 we that we wind up with that guy when we need him. And, and, and we need to rethink a little bit about where we're willing to invest and not invest in the, on the farm because that, that is a extremely critical time and big swing, swings in terms of profitability. You know, we talked about milk per ton. 
you know, and that was one of the one of the in indicators that Jeremy and I used when yeah, we were and, selecting. And it's still industry language, and it's still a a a great starting place when we're looking at silage quality. Oh, overall, it's the it's the industry measurement that it's the it's the key industry measurement. Milk per milk per ton is 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 old. It, your words archaic, and I agree with that. Uh, and and your system is is much better. But in terms of milk per ton, did you know that? that the average milk per ton on three labs that I looked at is about 3,200 pounds yeah. of milk per ton on corn silage, yeah. okay? With the moisture, we can change that number 100 to 200. Yeah. Did you yeah. know that with, 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 with genetics, we can change that number three to 400 right. pounds of right. milk per ton? Right. When we start adding all these things up, we can take an average milk per ton, and there's folks out there that don't, you know, if average number 3,200 yeah. pounds of milk per ton, there's some good producers out there that are balancing some poor producers. Yep. There's guys out there making 28, 2,900 pounds of milk per ton, yep. you know, and doing a lot of things that they could improve upon. But at 3,200 pounds of milk per ton, if you increase that number by 70 to get up to 3,270 with $15 milk, you'd pay for all of your seed costs. Yeah. You know, we get, we get all hung up on, on, on a lot of things, one of the main things that we get hung up on is, ironically, how much does a bag of seed cost? How much is yeah. a unit of seed? Yeah. And what we need to get hung up on is how do I take this 3,200 pounds of milk per ton up to 3,700 pounds of milk per ton, and then I'd be eligible to turn in a sample to win a prize at Dairy Expo for world-class silage. Uh, absolutely. And, and not only that, but then I would be eligible for better profitability on my farm. It, you're, you're talking about, you're talking about hundreds of dollars yep. an acre, yep. you know, exactly. by moving that bar up just two or 300 pounds. I agree. You I know? Agree. So, so we're harvesting. We, we, we've looked at it. We've sent off some silage samples. We've got good harvest moisture. We're, okay. we're perfect. And we went out yep. there and we blitzed the crop. So, we got it all in at well, that harvest moisture. We didn't well, let it get so dry well, on the how, tail where, end. Where, how did that, we harvest it? Did we high chop it or did we low chop it? Well, with your corn, you've told me all along and I've, and I've done this all, all along. We harvest low. Yes. We want to bring in now, those. Now, but we got it. We, I think we need to define low, and maybe we may we may differ here a little bit. Th this to me would be would be would be low chop. If there's no stones in the field, I'm down here. See, I, I just I, and I and I get that. I, I don't think, want ash in the. I don't want ash I, in the silage. The, yes, but yeah. So I'm I'm you know. I got that. I got that thing on the ground. Chop, low chop for some people though is 16, 18 inches. Cut 18 inches one time off. Uh, we we went in and we and we left a, uh, left an eight inch. We we figured we needed an eight inch stubble in the field that yep. we were in. Went in and took the and 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 this farmer had he was high chopping and he had 18 inches above eight inches. Yeah. Okay. Needed to leave eight inches because he needed to get over the stones that was in the field. The next 18 inches, which is what he left, we took in and that. 18 inches of corn that he left out in the field was four average with with the population final pop that was out there averaged about four tons an acre and we sent the silage sample in and you know what it wasn't it didn't have any starch so it wasn't as good as a it wasn't yeah. bad yeah wasn't no, bad no no it, but so here, here here's what's the interesting thing to me why four do tons guys, an acre why do guys high chop so, to increase the quality of their corn silage yes they high chop to increase the quality of their corn silage. I know that a hybrid that has the potential to flex, when I harvest it at six to eight inches off the ground, okay, I, I know that because I have backed down that population and I have given that plant all it needs and I have managed it right, it has better quality than if, than if I were to go to a standard field 
That's that's you're very right. The there. standard field where a guy's like, well, I got to get better quality, so I'm going to go ahead and high chop. It's got better quality. Why not back down your populations a little bit, like we talked about earlier? If you're going, if you know that you're going to high chop, back down your back down your your populations a little bit. Come in, you know, chop that at at at, at eight inches off the ground. You're going to have more tons than if you than if you left it, okay? And you're going to have better quality. And so, so this, this high, you know, one of the things that frustrates me the most is somebody will go run some, some industry persons <laughs> will go in and they'll run tests on their, on their junky grain genetics that have been bred and developed for grain hybrids. And they'll go run these tests and say, oh guys, if you want better quality, you got a high chop. Don't be, don't be low chopping. no. If you plant that crap, don't be low chopping that crap. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Don't, you know, because because you're 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 almost comparing apples to oranges. Oh yeah. You're you're almost comparing two different things. And man, they get all upset. Well, look at all these tests I run, and look at all these letters behind my name, and I know so much, and I've ran so much, and look at all this data. And you say, what genetics did you use? Well, it's what those guys gave me to use. <laughs> yeah. Well, you need to be talking to your plant breeder about what genetics you need. Yeah. You need to be talking yes. to that cow about what genetics <laughs> exactly. she needs. But, 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 you know, yes, when you test those genetics that have been bred and developed for grain hybrids, yeah, you've got to do some of this stuff to make, maximize your quality. True. When you start with genetics that have been, that have been tested and, and, and tested and, 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 and looked at and said, these are, these are genetics that, we, that are producing high-quality corn silage. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have to do all of these things and, and, and to, to make sure that your corn silage is as good as, 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 as mine. And, you know, and another thing, you know, if, 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 we can, if, if we can move just a little bit from there is when you bring in all of that, that healthy plant with that yes. density in that stalk, you're bringing, in a, you're bringing in a lot of material that, that will ferment silage very quickly. Now, I know we're not talking about storage yet, yeah. but the, the reason I to bring that up is that a lot of guys want to chop their corn silage as fine as sawdust and because they're, they're, they're struggling with fermentation. And so they can't get any length of chop, they can't get the effective fiber that their nutritionist is looking for by lengthening that chop out a little bit because there's no plant sugar in, in those. In that, yep. When they pull that cutter bar up to here, yeah. there's nothing in there but some grain and, and some leaf. Right. You know, and so that's not gonna that's not gonna encourage fermentation. The material that you've got in that stock is and, and those plant sugars are gonna allow for a lot quicker fermentation and you can lengthen your chop then, bring a little more effective fiber back into the into the ration and, and yep. being and, and able to take advantage of, of, of starch and and a little more corn silage in the diet absolutely <laughs>